by the National Mining Association. The U.S. should reduce its dependence on foreign minerals to create jobs and strengthen national security, according to a survey of more than 400 manufacturing executives. 95% say they're concerned the U.S. takes too long to approve permits for new minerals mines. On average, it takes 7 to 10 years, nearly five times longer than countries with similarly strict environmental regulations. That lag puts the country's manufacturers in a vulnerable position. Harry Moser of the Reshoring Initiative. Minerals are vital to a broad range of products and technologies that make U.S. companies world leaders in innovation, propel our economy, and allow our industries to compete globally. Right now, we rely on foreign countries for more than half the minerals our manufacturers need. Strengthening the domestic mineral supply chain is a great way to support the reshoring trend. The survey shows that a stable domestic supply of the minerals and metals vital to a wide range of products is a top concern for U.S. manufacturers. For more information, visit mineralsmakelife.org. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. Chuck Moore speaks Monday through Friday, 10 till noon. Here at the USA Network, you're welcome to join us. 844 439 1391 844 439 my guest is John A. Allison. He's the president and CEO of the Cato Institute. Previously, he served for 20 years as chairman and CEO of BB&T, one of the largest financial institutions in America. And John is the author of the new book, The Leadership Crisis and the Free Market Cure, Why the Future of Business Depends on a Return to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. John, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you, Chuck. All right. John, listen, uh, first of all, uh, I'd like you to, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about your own meteoric rise to success in the corporate world and uh, and just in a thumbnail, some of the things you learned along the way that you might like to impart. Well, Chuck, that's a, that's a good, fun story to tell, so I appreciate you asking that. I, was, I joined BB&T when it was a very small farm bank. Um, and then uh, in 1989, I became uh, uh, chairman and CEO. And, and during my career, we grew the bank from $4.5 billion in assets to $152 billion in assets to become the 10th largest financial institution in the U.S. We were able to do that while having the highest level of customer satisfaction and the lowest level of employee turnover uh, of any major financial institution in the U.S., and we didn't have a single quarter loss during the financial crisis. Uh, we had a very strong sense of purpose in our organization, put a lot of focus on really helping our clients. And we expected to make a profit doing that, but, but uh, our commitment was to genuinely trying to provide better solutions for our clients. We spent a lot of money on employee education and training and a lot less money on advertising than our competitors under the theory if we had better trained people that could do a better job for our clients, our clients would tell their friends, and that's how we would grow our business. And that's really what we focused on. So it was a very values-driven organization. We had 10 core principles that I talk about in my book that were rigorously enforced, that we didn't compromise, kind of basic ideas like integrity and honesty, 
and, and rationality, making logical decisions based on the facts. And I think that focus on the right set of principles and at the same time the focus on having highly trained, competent people that were trying to do the right thing for their clients uh, was, was the reason our, our company was able to grow. Seems to me like the very basic core issue in uh, your success at that company was simply, you know, and it sounds boring and old-fashioned, but it's what makes a company. It was that you established an honest reputation in your community and that out of that you developed a network, you developed a buzz. I mean, this got around and eventually got around nationally. I think that's absolutely true. You know, there's this this kind of myth that the way you get ahead is taking advantage of other people, kind of fudging here and fudging there. That's not my experience. I'm not saying that there aren't some people that have made some money doing that. I think they end up miserable in the long term. Uh, but we believe having a very ethical organization, doing the best, you know, there are always challenges and trade-offs and balancing acts in life, but really trying to help your customers and really trying to create an environment where people would enjoy working for BB&T was how you would grow your business. And people would see that and, and want to do business with people they could they could trust and, and that were on their side, uh, and, and that really helped us grow our business. Now, part of, the, part of a successful business in many cases, not all, there's certainly a conventional sort of success, but oftentimes a, there's a, a, a certain degree of risk involved. Certainly in the banking business, one is taking a risk, when one lends money to someone after, even after they've evaluated the credit aspect and who that the lender is. But, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just give you an example of a very close friend of mine, happens to be a relative of mine, who had a, a very successful national business that was uh, moving into, he just got into Wall Street and there was, uh, there was trading and there was investment. And then suddenly overnight he went bankrupt. And the reason he went bankrupt was because he overreached. In that he, right. uh, you know, he 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 projected a little too, too rosy in terms of like expanding his operation, and he left himself vulnerable. So there was a couple of bad occurrences that really developed into a perfect storm. I mean, it was, uh, you know, he left himself vulnerable for for a natural disaster, I suppose, and he ended up losing everything. Now, uh, I guess that what is your um, theory what's your philosophy with regard to proper and prudent risk you know in the banking business it really is about risk taking and if banks don't take any risk the economy can't grow if you look at small sure. business lending which was what bbt's core was and i grew up as a small business lender it's really venture capital lending <laughs> you know you're making you got some numbers but you're making a judgment of an individual and the ideas um, but the key to that business is is underwriting each individual credit, knowing you're going to be wrong sometime, and diversifying your risk. In other words, not putting all your eggs in one basket. And that's really what banks are designed to do because you know a certain percentage of your bars will fail. But, but if you have a diversification, and if you also really know the markets, if you understand, you know, you, you have to judge people. Uh, Character is huge. People do make mistakes, even good people, but good people tend to make less mistakes <laughs> than other people. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know anything about your friend, but I think one of the one of the tricks, and this is a tough thing to judge, is is you can get overconfident when you're initially successful, and and, and one of the roles of a good financial advisor is to help remind people and do your best you can to tell them they've become overconfident. 
uh, we, we, BB&T was a big residential construction lender to build small builders. And, of course, we had this mm-hmm. long positive cycle for these guys, and they were doing very well. <clears throat> we didn't see the disaster being as bad as it turned out to be, but we saw that the residential real estate market was overheated. So we went to our builders and strongly encouraged them, and some listened, some didn't, strongly encouraged them to reduce their risk, i.e. to have less speculative houses, uh, don't start too many subdivisions, which helped some of them right. uh, get through the financial crisis, and some of them listened to us. But that was our, you know, it's easy if somebody's doing well, you say, well, all I want to do is lend them some more money, they'll keep doing well. But not necessarily. People can get overconfident, and that leads to bad problems. Well, you, you talk about the uh, the mortgage meltdown of, of 2007, 2008, and uh, there were reports of people who had been in, who had inherited legacy businesses. I mean, we're not even yes. looking talking necessarily about the Lehman Brothers, but even locally, or who had been involved in uh, investment firms that became so giddy over the explosion of the market that they got caught up in it and they ended up losing everything. Uh, they ended up uh, losing a lot. I, I think that my good friend was in the category of uh, of someone who psychologically became so wrapped up in in the assumption that success was inevitable because he had had nothing but success for 20 years that he just uh, he lost touch with the actual nuts and bolts of his business and left himself vulnerable. So I think there's a combination of uh, – of overconfidence from living in a bubble and getting swept up in in forces outside of yourself, and also a little bit of an element of greed. You know, you, you see this brass ring and everyone else is grabbing at it, and you want to get a piece of it. Well, one thing that happened, you know, if you look at the, the real estate bubble in particular, it actually started in the early 1990s and didn't bust till 2007. There were people that had been in business yeah. a long time who never seen, seen bad times in the real estate market, right? So they tended right. to believe that it would go on forever. Now, I fought government policy for this because every time we started to have a natural correction, which markets need when people get over-optimistic, Greenspan and the Federal Reserve would print a bunch of money, <laughs> you know, and, and right, that exactly. created this over. underlying over-optimism and fooled a lot of people. Now, you also talk about, in another book, The Financial Crisis and the Free Market Cure, um, you, you take a look at the entire crisis of that period, uh, saying that pure capitalism is the, uh, is the only hope. But uh, one, of the other, one of the other problems that I think I, I at least saw from my own uh, you know, indirect observation with regard to that crisis was that you had a lot of people getting into the into big, big positions who had just graduated from college and who had knew nothing about business. They were, it was, everything was very theoretical. And they were put in charge of these, uh, you know, hedge funds and these uh, massive uh, retirement portfolios. And, uh, and they didn't really know what they were doing. I mean, everything was virtual. They're looking at computer screens all day. They didn't go out in the field and see what was going on. Um, is that, is that part of the problem? What sort of a, for example, what sort of an executive, do you look for when you hire people for a company? I mean, you know, and what are some of the problems that some people might have that would make them vulnerable to uh, to failures in the long run? Well, I think there's you know, certainly some of that. Uh, you know, I think there were young people that came out, particularly from elitist universities, 
and went on Wall Street and mm-hmm. thought they were a lot smarter and knew more than they did. <laughs> and of course, those people usually yeah. go to government <laughs> and and, uh, and and try to regulate us all. But anyway, I, I do think that was a problem. But I I really think that was a secondary problem. The, the, the financial crisis was really created by government policy going back a long time where the government tried to subsidize home ownership and really forced affordable housing lending, what we call subprime lending now, on banks and other financial institutions. And, of course, through Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, these giant government-sponsored enterprises really blew up the bubble. So, yes, we had some dumb people on Wall Street, and we had some people that uh, were immature but, you know, a lot of the hedge funds actually were managed by long-term experienced investors who had been for 20 years they couldn't miss. <laughs> so, right, you know, right, I think right. they, they all And got even they sucked. got caught up in it. They did. Everybody I, I got caught up in the uh, – Yep, yep. Yeah. They got sucked. Yeah, Chuck, one thing I yeah, do think – they got caught up in big, the words. Go ahead. One thing I do think is a big problem, and I, I write about this in my financial – my first book. There's a huge propensity in universities to teach people to do mathematical modeling. And mathematical modeling can be a limited value tool. But mathematical models typically don't really capture uh, what's called the the tail, (laughs) the the very improbable event, but but when it happens, it destroys everything. And, And so a lot of people, and these young people in particular, were running these models, and they all look at the Federal Reserve was running these models. And, and the Fed didn't predict right, a, sure. a recession until after it already happened. And that's what why experience matters. Because, you know, one thing... Well, you know, these people, they, they didn't... They didn't get outside the office and, and maybe go out and take a look at, at a company. I mean, like the old days, Henry Ford would go down to the plant and he'd kick the tires and talk with workers and right. find out uh, you know, the real the real story of, of of problems with the cars, and he'd write it down and he'd use that information. He didn't just sit in an office somewhere looking at a computer screen. I mean, that's my objection in a sense to a lot of the um, the climate theories. I mean, it's all – theoretical computer-driven yep. models. There's yep. nothing real. There's no evidence that there's actual climate change that's man-made. There True. may be, but it's all this sort of, you know, th- that's what's happened in a lot of agencies in our government. That's what happened yes. to the CIA. Yes. You know, they, yes. they stopped going out in the field and, 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 and meeting people and doing some of the unsavory things that they need to do. Instead, they sat around on computers and looked yes. at screens and, and put in you know, the theoretics and, 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 and odds and, and, and uh, you know, a kind of, uh, you know, did, did estimates. It wasn't connected to reality. Um, okay, my guest is John Allison, financial, the leadership crisis and the free market cure. John, we'll be right back. We're going to take a brief break. Kid, if something in this facility breaks, bends, or bursts, Granger's got our back. 20 cases of disc springs from Granger.com, new rotary encoder ordered on Granger's mobile app, a dozen splash goggles from the local Granger branch. What more could you want in life? Granger has over 1 million products for all our facilities' needs. 1 million. That's a 1 followed by six zeros, kid. Everything we need whenever we need it. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it. While Bill Clinton, George Bush, and Barack Obama have been in Washington trying to legislate an economy, 
I've been all over America working to improve the economy one family at a time with the three-step plan home business system. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. Thousands of enterprising Americans have changed their own financial futures by starting a business from their kitchen table. Most began part-time using their personal computers, telephones, and a belief in the American dream to carve out a stable business in a stormy business climate. They are housewives, truck drivers, downsized executives, health professionals, and even a lawyer or two. You could earn extra money or even replace your job. Technology advances have made this simpler and more efficient. So don't wait another 10 years. Check out the three-step plan. Go to 3stepusa.com. That's 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. 800-480-2102. Your Buick Certified Service Technicians would like you to think about something. And no, it has nothing to do with oil levels or brake pads or tire wear. They'd like you to think about the view from the window of the bed and breakfast you'll be visiting this weekend or the crust on the beef wellington you plan to make at your cooking class tomorrow. As the experts in Buick maintenance, they'd like you to think about the lyrics of the new song you just discovered on your drive to work or the sunset you plan to enjoy on the ride home. The Buick certified service experts would like you to think about anything but the maintenance of your Buick. That's their job. If you don't know worry-free service, you don't know Buick Certified Service. And now, experience it for yourself. Get a 5-quart Dexo Synthetic Blend Oil Change, 4-tire rotation, and 27-point inspection for $39.95 or less. Excludes full synthetic oil. Tire balancing tax and more than 5 quarts of oil extra. Most V6 and V8 engines and other select vehicles require more than 5 quarts of oil. Visit BuickCertifiedService.com for details and to find a participating dealer. This report is brought to you by the National Mining Association. The U.S. should reduce its dependence on foreign minerals to create jobs and strengthen national security, according to a survey of more than 400 manufacturing executives. Ninety-five percent say they're concerned the U.S. takes too long to approve permits for new minerals mines. On average, it takes seven to ten years, nearly five times longer than countries with similarly strict environmental regulations. That lag puts the country's manufacturers in a vulnerable position. Harry Moser of the Reshoring Initiative. Minerals are vital to a broad range of products and technologies that make U.S. companies world leaders in innovation, propel our economy, and allow our industries to compete globally. Right now, we rely on foreign countries for more than half the minerals our manufacturers need. Strengthening the domestic mineral supply chain is a great way to support the reshoring trend. The survey shows that a stable domestic supply of the minerals and metals vital to a wide range of products is a top concern for U.S. manufacturers. For more information, visit mineralsmakelife.org. This is Nick. From beach to classroom, early mornings, five days a week. That's why he stops at Exxon and Mobil for fuels that help his engine run cleaner, smoother, and with better fuel economy. So Nick's mornings go a little easier, at least until his students get to class. Nick is energy. Exxon and Mobil. Energy lives here. Visit exxon.com or mobile.com for more information. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and it's an honor to have aboard John Allison, who is the president and CEO of the Cato Institute, America's preeminent libertarian think tank. He is also the author of The Leadership Crisis and the Free Market Cure, Why the Future of Business Depends on the Return 
to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and the financial crisis and the free market cure. Uh, John, we talked about some of the aspects of the character of people uh, and strategy of people who we want to see in leadership positions. Uh, You've also written about the financial crisis and the free market cure. What do you see as uh, the financial crisis as as it is presently in place? And what would be the free market cure? Um, you know, we've almost <clears throat> gone in the exactly wrong direction since the financial crisis, and we're having, you know, the slowest economic recovery in U.S. history. Now, we, we're fortunately finally having a recovery, but we have an incredibly resilient economy when it's left alone. And I think that the the, the big destructive factors relative to what could have happened uh, is a massive increase in regulation through Obamacare and Dodd-Frank, but also the EPA on every every front, and that reduces productivity, innovation, and willingness to businesses to take risk. I think the Federal Reserve policies, where they've been printing money willy-nilly, makes it very hard for people to do long-term projections because you kind of wonder where this money goes in the long term. Is it going to cause inflation? And if you start out on a project today and it's got a 10-year payback period, uh, what's going to happen five years down the road? And I think that makes businesses very uncomfortable. And I, just, I think the psychological attack on business from the progressives has been destructive. You know, if people keep saying, well, you didn't yes. make it, you didn't earn it, you know, you're kind of a bad guy. Yeah, Why sure. do you want to take risks and create jobs when you can just kind of hang in there and do fine? And, and I, I think that willingness to invest has been impacted by the psychology. Now, I am a little hopeful that this recent election at least will – push back some of that psychological attack on on, on entrepreneurs and, and investors. Uh, I also interviewed an author recently who said that the fact that American baby boomers are retiring and reaching retirement age, a lot of our capital, accumulated capital, is moving into safer modalities. It's no longer being risked because people, after they reach a certain age, they don't want to engage in risk. They want to develop a uh, an income flow. And the result is that uh, there's less capital out there for venture and there's less capital out there for risk. Um, you mentioned the uh, the attack on, on the private sector, uh, this attitude, you didn't build that, you know, Elizabeth Warren and all of that stuff, and, and the attack on Mitt Romney during the campaign for being successful as if this was something we should look at as a bad thing. Traditionally, these people are heroes. I mean, they, they created right. wealth. They created jobs. They created capital where it didn't exist before. And so many people came to view that as, uh, you know, in, in a leftist context, like that they, they should be envious because someone else is successful. They deserve somehow to have a piece of that just because they're there, because they want it, and they want the government to do that so they can feel better. I mean, there is this attitude that, that, that seems to prevail. But I want to ask you about the Federal Reserve, if you don't mind. Sure. You say they print, they're printing up money, which obviously is inflationary, which reduces and, and decreases the value of our currency. I mean, where do they get the authority to do that? I mean, I, I assume that they're loaning the money to their member banks that, who then lend it out, but, um, and they're loaning the money to the federal government, which then, and they charge interest for the, for the, for the money. I mean, where, where, what is that about? Well, they, they don't have the authority to do it, in my view, but they've, they've assumed that authority. What they've really been doing is financing the federal government. They've been buying 
government bonds, and particularly bonds from Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, which have been nationalized, these, these government uh, finance in- industries for the mortgage business, and they've created a huge increase in what's called bank reserves. But here's the irony. Banks haven't been able to lend the money because simultaneously they've radically reduced lending standards, particularly for small business. It, traditionally, small businesses are big job creators. But since this recession started, small businesses have done very little job creation. And and the reason for that is small business venture is lending, as I described earlier, is venture capital lending. Well, the Federal Reserve, through their regulatory arm, has tightened lending standards, so it's much harder to make a startup small business loan. Now, if a guy's already running a small business and it's doing well, it's easy to lend him money. But it, that's not the guys that are really creating the jobs. It's the guy working in his garage somewhere that has a really good idea. You can't do that kind of lending anymore, which is it's tighter than it has been right. in 40 years. So so one side, they've been printing money. But most of it's actually gone to the federal government. And what that's done is lower interest rates for the federal government. And, and that's been a massive movement of capital from private markets to the government which is unhealthy because governments don't really improve productivity. John, can you stick with me for a little bit into the after this break? All right, okay. Okay, losing weight and feeling better with the 10 Tuna Chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Here is U.S. Army Sergeant Dave Myers. Since I started taking the Nuvina, probably, I want to say 60, 65 days ago, I have lost over 12 pounds. I have a long military career, and it has caused some issues with my knees and my ankles over the years, and I have become accustomed to just being in pain with one of those areas. I can only attribute the way I feel to the Nuvina because that's the only thing that's changed in my diet, and I am absolutely pain-free in knees and ankles, and it just feels great to be able to get out and run around and move pain-free again. The Nufina Collagen Protein Shake is part of the 10 2 and a Chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Collagen feeds the joints, hair, and skin. This could help you lose weight, feel better, and look younger. Watch the video on ilikehowilook.com and get the full story. They even offer free samples. Go to ilikehowilook.com. Are you one of the millions that owe back taxes? Has the IRS threatened to levy your bank accounts and garnish your wages? If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, call Tax Resolution Specialists at 888-886-1761. Our tax attorneys and former IRS agents will help you solve your personal or business tax problems. Tax Resolution Specialists will stop wage garnishments, protect your bank accounts, file your old tax returns, and get you the best tax settlement possible. The Fresh Start Tax Forgiveness Initiative is now being offered by the IRS, the biggest break ever since for taxpayers. Our experts at Tax Resolution Specialists know the ins and outs of the IRS and will fight on your behalf. My paycheck was being garnished and a lien was placed on my house. Tax Resolution Specialists got the paycheck garnishment and the tax lien on my house released. But most amazing was my taxes were reduced by 95%. So call Tax Resolution Specialists 888-886-1761. Call 888-886-1761. That's 888-886-1761. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much, and my guest is John A. Allison. He is the author of The Leadership Crisis and The Free Market Cure, Why the Future of Business Depends on the Return to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, He's also the CEO of the Cato Institute. 
John, we're talking a little bit here about the Federal Reserve which uh, and their role in our society. Uh, it seems to me that they, they just have this inordinately uh, powerful uh, position. They, they basically lend money to the government at interest, low interest, as you say, which the government then uses to expand uh, without uh, having to be held accountable either through the necessity of raising taxes or, or, achieve, or getting capital the old-fashioned way. And at the same time, they're stiffing the banks by putting all this regulation on monies that they make available to loan uh, that are hurting small businesses. I mean, those are social policies. Those are public policies. Right. It seems to me that those are the sorts of policies that ought to be uh, determined by our elected officials in Washington, not not by this Federal Reserve. I 100% agree with that. In fact, the Federal Reserve, probably second only to the president, is the most powerful institution in America. You know, if you own yeah. the money supply, in our case, since the, the, the dollar is the U.S. reserve currency, you, you kind of control global activity, and you can decide how to allocate capital. You can decide whether to you know, keep low rates for the government at the expense of small savers who have been creamed by the Fed keeping rates below what they ought to be in the marketplace. That's a, those are public policy issues that shouldn't be decided by government bureaucrats. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, for, in the banking business, you see this. There's a lot of middle-income people that work all their lives to save a little bit of money, and they were planning to live off the interest off their CDs, and they had enough interest to live off of. But since the Federal Reserve has just arbitrarily kept rates low, basically to finance the government, they've been stealing money from those older middle-income savers and and giving yeah, it to the government. I mean, it's wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's hurting people on fixed incomes who expect yeah. the dollar to be uh, worth the same today as it was in the past. So, uh, John, I want to ask you a question that, I mean, I guess if you could answer this one, you would get a Nobel Prize. But I'm asking because you are the CEO of the Cato Institute. You're you're one of America's preeminent businessmen. Um, what would you think would be an alternative means by which our nation can issue its currency um, other than through borrowing from the Federal Reserve in a way that would ensure that our currency retained a steady and stable value over over the generations rather than this boom and bust and this this sort of the, the, this cycle that we're on well you know ironically we have a very concrete example of that from 1873 till 1913 when the fed was uh, created price level was yeah. flat there was no no change in price and basically because it was an international gold standard everybody's money was convertible to gold, and markets disciplined government. Because you had to have enough gold, you couldn't just print one willy-nilly. Unfortunately, the creation of central banks, and along with it World War One, effectively undermined the gold standard and has created a lot of the economic problems we've had off and on, including the Great Depression. So there's a real simple answer in terms of conceptually what we need to do. Practically, it's, it, it, there's a lot of political issues about it. We need, we need to be sure that the dollar is backed by gold, which is actually exactly what the Constitution says. <laughs> no question the Federal right. Reserve is unconstitutional. It, 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 the, the, the Constitution says that we can only ish, issue money backed by gold or silver. And it's not that gold is magical or silver is magical, but it's you can't print it. You can't just make it up. <laughs> it's, it's designed to discipline right, right. government because sound money matters. 
Uh, although I understand that we went off the gold standard in 1970 when, when President Nixon uh, basically uh, removed the dollar from the gold because gold was being shipped out of the country and into Europe. So, I mean, well, you know why it was you know, being I would shipped? Think that, why is it that? Being, it was shipped because the Federal Reserve was printing dollar bills like willy-nilly. <laughs> remember we had that huge inflation in the 70s? That, that couldn't have happened. The Federal Reserve right. was printing money like crazy. And people said, well, I'd rather have the gold than these crumb paper dollars. And that's why sure. Nixon advocated. So, so then the gold, it was, there was a gold train. All right, one more break here. We'll be right back. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show, Chuck Morse Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Morse speaks, people listen. They're taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. By losing just 10 pounds, you could reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and arthritis by a whopping 50%. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby from ilikehowilook.com. I have found something that could help you lose 10 to 15 pounds in the next 30 days without starving yourself or exercising to exhaustion. Just go to ilikehowilook.com and watch the short video. ILikeHowILook.com uses hydrolyzed collagen protein to help you lose weight and tone up. They also have a thermogenic capsule that could curb your appetite, improve your mood, give you more energy, and the best part is that it burns fat like a blowtorch. I introduced this to some of my friends a few months ago. Within just a couple of weeks, most were losing weight and dropping dress and pants sizes faster than they could buy new clothes. So watch the video at I like how I look dot com and maybe soon you'll be saying I like how I look. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. 
Thank you very much, John Allison, to my guest, The Leadership Crisis and the Free Market Cure. Why the future of business depends on the return to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness available in all major bookstores. John, I think that, uh, you know, one way to interpret the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, it says that Congress shall uh, coin money and regulate the value thereof, and not the Federal Reserve, but Congress. Uh, but coining, by the word coin, they don't necessarily mean gold and silver, although that's obviously an important feature of any economy because it is a hedge for individuals against, uh, you know, bad uh, bad economic decisions by a government or even in the private sector. It means that they get to determine the value of the money, whether it's paper money or whatnot. And I think that Congress actually could issue paper money. Uh, it just has to be done in a in a way that is uh, removed from from uh, politics. I mean, it, it's I'm, I'm not sure how that could happen. But uh, it has happened. I mean, Abraham Lincoln did it during the Civil War. He issued greenbacks and paid for the Civil War. Uh, James Madison did it during the War of 1812. Yep. Actually, the context is that uh, Madison didn't do that. He did, he, no, he he, missed, he issued bills, which is different than money. But anyway, the context was okay. Congress really wasn't going to be in the money business at all. This came out of the American Revolution. And and they were going to coin other people's silver and other people's uh, uh, gold coins, and it was gold and silver, and and it was limited to that. But but Congress wasn't in the money business at all. They could borrow money, which is what Madison did. Uh, he borrowed money, and you can do that with a certain kind of bill that's that's you know it's actually people can choose to to trade as currency, but it's not really money. It's not legal tender. Lincoln did issue greenbacks as legal tender, and he basically destroyed. The whole congressional context of what uh, they were you were supposed to be doing, and he did that to finance you know finance the war. But instead of borrowing sure. money, which he what well, he is permitted to do, he just printed money, and he set a terrible precedent right. <laughs> uh, uh, that uh, one can certainly argue was unnecessary. But that clearly was unconstitutional based on what the founding fathers. If you look at the context, because they they really weren't in the money issuing business; they were just making sure that. You know, which if you said things, something was an ounce of gold, that's what it was. <laughs> I see. All right, we got one more break here, John. Sorry about that. We'll be right back. Okay. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. 
Thank you very much, John Allison, to my guest, The Leadership Crisis and the Free Market Cure. Why the future of business depends on the return to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Uh, John, you uh, talk about the future of business, and I think that uh, you represent, and the Cato Institute certainly represents, an advocacy of, of entrepreneurialism and the free market and free trade and other uh, ideas that have made this country what it is. Uh, where do you see things going, I would say, maybe in the next uh, five years, and where would you see things like, where would you like to see things go in our country? Okay, that's a great question. Now, you know, we are at Cato, and I'm personally, we're advocates of free markets. We're not advocates of business per se, and the reason I say that, unfortunately, a lot of people confuse true capitalism with what we have today, which is a mixed economy. And businesses, unfortunately, particularly large businesses, seek all kind of favors from the government. And we don't think business should be subsidized any more than we should have welfare. <laughs> we don't think that's the, a role of the government. And so what I would right. like to see, I don't, and I, I, I'm not sure where we were going. I, I think we will see some slowing of the regulatory state, some, uh, because you know, there's, there's a clearly a pushback against this huge expansion of, of government that's happened under the Obama administration. And I think we'll, we'll see some stuff move in a good direction, but I don't think we're getting ready to get rid of the regulatory state because, unfortunately, too many businesses are hooked in. I mean, they on one hand, they say, I want less government except for me, right? <laughs> mm, this right, is a little right. esoteric. There's something called the Export-Import Bank. And it's a huge subsidy, and 80% of the subsidy goes to two companies. It goes to General Electric and to Boeing. And yet those companies have mm. huge lobbying efforts, and, and you can't get rid of something uh, because of them, even though it only benefits two companies. And, and so that's the struggle yeah, yeah. we have. You know, we, we got well, you're talking support. about public, you know, the public-private sort of partnership between the government and very, very large corporations yep. in some cases – who are benefiting in the sense not only directly from the from the subsidies, but they also get to cut away and cut down their competitors who are coming exactly. up, and they do that both by preserving their position and supporting regular regulation that that they can deal with, they can afford it, whereas a smaller guy coming up can't. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it seems to me that that's part of the problem here. I think it definitely is. And what's interesting on this is the Democrats support the Export-Import Bank. You know, and you go, wait a minute, I thought you guys <laughs> – because they get money from the big companies too. You know, it's, it's often seen as a Republican phenomenon, but unfortunately it's a political phenomenon. <laughs> so the, the General Electric gives yeah. the I, I would Democrats even... and Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I seem to recall John Kerry when he was senator. He arranged for the General Electric in Massachusetts to pay zero corporate taxes. I right. mean, I would, I would suggest, I would even go one step further and suggest that um, most of the top one percent corporations and wealth holders in this country are liberal Democrats, not Republicans. Yeah. Uh, you know, you take yeah. a look at the Forbes magazine; they publish yep. annually this fantastic list of the top hundred richest people in the country. The, to the degree we can identify their political leanings, most of these people are liberal Democrats. And they want big regulation because it hurts, you know, they, they're not in favor of the free market. I mean, they, no. they've made their money already. You know, they, they don't want to have to, you know, they, they want to go basically go on and do other things and not worry about comp competition, seems to me. Yeah. yeah, well, that's true. And it's interesting how it often happens. If you look at both Microsoft and, and Walmart, they both started out as very 
private businesses. They had no lobbying effort. And then their competitors attacked them, or the unions attacked them, and suddenly they have a huge lobbying effort, and, 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 and Walmart supported Obamacare because it would raise a labor costs for small businesses that compete with Walmart. You know, it, it, they didn't start out That's corrupt right. is what I'm trying to say, but they got sucked in by government, and the bigger government gets, the harder it is to avoid. That's why less government is best. Anything that expands government is bad. Well, what can we do then? Therefore, you've got we've got this great little institution, which is not so little, and that is the Cato Institute, and some others who are basically raising the awareness of the of the public about this. What can we do uh, in terms of uh, countering this development, which affects all of us? Well, I think we really need to take responsibility when we vote and make sure our representatives aren't blowing smoke, and then to hold them accountable for what they say. You know. If your representative votes for the continued export-import bank, I don't care if he's a Republican or Democrat. He is not pro-free markets. <laughs> you know, right. there, no, I guess you so. do get concrete things, and we need to hold these people responsible. So a lot of these people do run on on things that we would agree with, and they get elected, and they don't do that. And we need to hold them responsible. Once sure. I, 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 a sugar right. subsidy. Uh, yeah, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the agricultural subsidies have been around since subsidies. the Roosevelt administration. Sure, and they go go to rich people. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they do. John Allison, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it, and uh, I admire what you're doing. Thanks so much, sir. Thank you. Check out right now. If something in this facility breaks, bends, or bursts, Granger's got our back. Twenty cases of disc springs from Granger.com. New rotary encoder ordered on Granger's mobile app. A dozen splash goggles from the local Granger branch. What more could you want in life? Granger has over one million products for all our facilities' needs. One million. That's a one followed by six zeros, kid. Everything we need whenever we need it. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it. Did you know up to one in five Americans will get the flu this year? Because less than half of us get vaccinated? You didn't know? That's okay. We do. Rite Aid has certified immunizing pharmacists at the ready to discuss your risks, answer your questions, and shield you from what you don't know. So get your flu shot, no appointment necessary, at Rite Aid today. With us, it's personal. Flu vaccines available while supplies last. Age restrictions apply in some states. See pharmacists for details. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And again, I want to thank John A. Allison, the author of The Leadership Crisis and The Free Market Cure, Why the Future of Business Depends on the Return of Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. And John is also the president and CEO of the Cato Institute, which is one of America's preeminent voices for the free market and for uh, reducing not not all regulation, which is of course a myth that the left puts out. We all have to have regulation. We're not anarchists. It's reducing bad regulation, regulation that is redundant, that is destructive of business and therefore of our ability as citizens to function. Regulation that is um, interested in terms of um, uh, being used by often either the government or by other businesses. To, uh, to hurt the competitors. We also had a great talk about the Federal Reserve and the, their role in society, which is an interest uh, of mine. 
And uh, by the way, you can check out my books. They're available at Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Just put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, M-O-R-S-E, and you'll see 11 books come up, which are e-books and three uh, soft covers. Um, and uh, check them out. You know, they're, uh, they're on sale right now, too, I believe. Only 99 cents a book. Um, and uh, these are full-length books. Um, I'm looking forward to the release sometime between now, hopefully in the end of the year, of my new book, which is The War Against Judaism, the, and the subtitle being The War Against America, The War Against Christianity, The War Against God. In the next hour, we'll be joined by an expert in that we will be discussing the potential presidency of Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Um, and find out exactly what would uh, recommend Senator Cruz as a candidate for the presidency of the United States. Um, and that uh, that would be, um, let's see here, uh, Maria Strollo-Zach, who runs the Strollo Agency, um, will be, uh, and who is beginning to, uh, to give some soundings for Ted Cruz. Uh, so we'll be into that in the next hour. You're listening, of course, to the USA Network, and we'll be back after these messages. Are month left over at the end of the money? Then you might want to consider a home-based business. On average, a home business household earns nearly twice as much money, and you don't have to fight traffic. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby with the three-step plan home business system. Building a home business could help you get out of debt, improve your lifestyle. Why, you might even be able to save some money for a change. For information, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. There are thousands of people all over the nation using the three-step plan to make money from home. Some are working for just a few extra dollars each month so they don't have to worry about money all the time. Others are building huge businesses that earn thousands upon thousands of dollars and are getting their share of the American dream. To find out how you could make more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. That's 800-480-2102. Americans are losing weight and feeling better with the 10 Tuna Chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Here is U.S. Army Sergeant Dave Myers. Since I started taking the Nuvina, probably, I want to say 60, 65 days ago, I have lost over 12 pounds. I have a long military career, and it has caused some issues with my knees and my ankles over the years, and I have become accustomed to just being in pain with one of those areas. I can only attribute the way I feel to the Nuvina because that's the only thing that's changed in my diet, and I am absolutely pain-free in knees and ankles, and it just feels great to be able to get out and run around and move pain-free again. The Nufina Collagen Protein Shake is part of the 10 2 and a chew weight loss system from ilikehowilook.com. Collagen feeds the joints, hair, and skin. This could help you lose weight, feel better, and look younger. Watch the video on ilikehowilook.com and get the full story. They even offer free samples. Go to ilikehowilook.com. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Morse speaks. 
on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. Hour number two of Chuck Moore Speaks here at the USA Network. You're welcome to join us at 844-439-1391. 844-439-1391. And we're joined by Maria Strollo Zach. She's the president and owner of the Strollo Group. Um, Maria Zach is a business and public affairs consultant, inventor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. And uh, Maria is here to discuss the potential candidacy uh, for President of the United States and Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Uh, Maria, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me, Chuck. Very good. Maria, What, uh, basically in a nutshell, what do you think would recommend Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, as a candidate for president and as a president of the United States? I think it's really simple. America is craving strong, bold, principled Christian conservative leadership, and we have the exact opposite right now, and America won't tolerate these actions. And I think the last election two weeks ago showed we have had enough of business as usual in D.C., and making D.C. listen is one of Senator Cruz's top goals and something that he holds dearly. So we fully support him as a super PAC and would love to see him choose to be president. Do we have a sense, because you know, Ted Cruz is a relatively new um, senator. Of course, uh, he's, he's got a lot more experience than Barack Obama had when he ran for president. Uh, but uh, do we have a sense of uh, of what sort of a, a governing president he would be? I mean, do we know about his uh, his economic uh, philosophy with regard to the economy? Do we know about his foreign policy philosophy at all? You know, that's a great question uh, on a couple fronts. One, what a lot of people don't know about Ted Cruz is that he actually served in all three branches of government. So he's very familiar with where the separations are and what uh, the perfect balance is between the groups and why specifically this president has been violating his, his authority. Also, as an expert on the Constitution, that is what Senator Cruz always bases his decisions on. So frivolous spending and where the economy should be, that is something second nature. And uh, my strongest uh, love of what he stands for is that he bases all of his decisions on the Constitution. And I was recently asked, oh, can a right-wing extremist win president? And I laughed. I said, since when is supporting and, and leaning on the Constitution considered extremist? And that's what I think a lot of folks in the media have been missing, that Americans believe in our Constitution and those principles. And when it comes to, first and foremost, what, what government is there for, it is to protect us. And on foreign policy, our country is on fire. We have Putin. We have China going crazy. We have ISIS. We have Iran potentially becoming nuclear. It is a travesty what has happened under this administration and we have to change things, and we believe Senator Cruz is the very one to do it. He has strong actions that he would put in place. He understands that, that the IRS is abusing government. He understands that Benghazi had a cover-up. He understands that Obamacare is unconstitutional. So when you look at the different things that are taking place in government today, Senator Cruz's positions have been foremost 
supported by the simple fact that he follows the Constitution. And when you follow the Constitution, our guys were geniuses when they crafted it. They understood what it took to provide economic freedom for our families. And until our government stops wasteful spending, we can't be set free. And our freedom, having both parents having to work, having to pay excessive taxes for frivolous programs is something we can no longer maintain. Very good. I mean, you make a great case. Um, you know, certainly a lot of the things that Ted Cruz stands for used to be viewed as simply conventional good government, which uh, is uh, no longer at least the case in our liberal establishment. But I think it is the case in the electorate, as would be indicated by this incredible and extraordinary victory for Republicans, which is something we need to now define and we need to now talk about uh, daily, uh, because I think it was more than just an electoral victory. It was a cultural uh, change in the way we, we are and the way we see ourselves. All right, let me welcome aboard Andre Traversa, my partner at EpiQuest Media. Andre? Hey, Maria. It's great to have you on the air. And I want to... Um... Let me just go ahead and start. You don't know this, but I, I used to call my people used to call me. My last name is Traversa. People used to call me Andre Controversa. So I'm going to ask you a very controversial question. Uh, that uh, and, and don't don't think it's the wrong way because I'm all for Ted Cruz. But some people would argue that he cannot be president uh, because he wasn't wasn't born in the United States. What would you say to that? Uh, Andre, great great to uh, chat with you, and thank you so much for for having me. On the show, I would I would say simply this: uh, the Constitution is very clear. Uh, Ted Cruz's mother is from Delaware, and I think other people from Delaware, if if uh, and other states who have children that may be born outside of the country, they're still Americans. And I have three daughters, of which all three stepdaughters were born in different countries. It doesn't mean that they cannot run for president one day. And I hope I think one of them, and the middle one, probably is is more anxious than any to uh, possibly do that in twenty, thirty years. But uh, <laughs> I would say it's it's just a frivolous argument and uh, just not no constitutional bearing on it. What about people who would say that that that, that you have to be a quote natural born citizen? What is that? What is what is the, the what is the definition of that? It's very clear. If if your parent is is an American and they have the child, they certainly it. It's just a natural. You are you are American, and uh, his mother. A lot of people don't know his parents divorced when he was quite young, Senator Cruz, and uh, they came right back to the United States. They had him in Canada and came back to the United States, and he was raised in Texas. So he's American, and his he's uh, his father was Cuban, and uh, fled Castro, and after being imprisoned and. Uh, his family endured a lot of the the abuse of the Castro regime, and so if anything, uh, Ted's experience in in the family he grew up in gives him a perfect blend of understanding what's happening internationally and why freedom is so important. And and they have encapsulated the American dream, and it's kudos to them because it's available for everyone, and they they chose to to take it. Let me just make one more comment, and that is this. One of the things I love about Ted Cruz is he is a strong conservative uh, and, and a strong Christian, all those things. But not only is he not an extremist, but he actually has a really amazing way of, of finessing political issues. For example, 
uh, you know, when the Supreme Court recently, you know, the Supreme Court continues to refuse to hear appeals from states uh, challenge, you know, that, that, that are that are saying that they, they're challenging these court rulings that are striking down state marriage amendments, defining marriage uh, as between one man and one woman. Well, what I think is so brilliant about Cruz is not only did he seize the day and say, well, I'm going to propose my own amendment allowing, you know, my own constitutional amendment allowing states to define marriage, but what he's, di- what he's done is he's saying, let the issue be one that's left to the states. He's not saying we need a federal definition of marriage. And I think the way he's doing it is, is brilliant because he's appealing to a lot of different factions within the, within the Republican Party. He's appealing to social conservatives, but he's also appealing to people who believe in states' rights and don't think that this should be a totally federal issue. I just think the way he finesses these issues is just brilliant. I totally agree with you. It's clear to me that he's been a strict constitutional conservative. And when you stand on that, if you're consistent, you can't go wrong. And that's something I I have the great pleasure of of working alongside David Panton, Ted Cruz's best friend from college, best man in his wedding to Heidi. And I can tell you, David said from when he was 16 years old and showed up at Princeton and had Ted Cruz as his roommate, he has said, Ted has not changed one ounce. He is the same person he knew with the same positions, and he has not wavered. He is that consistent. And I applaud him for for understanding the underpinnings of the Constitution, what our government stands for, because reestablishing the limited government will, will not be easy. Putting the genie back in the bottle is something someone has to be a strong, bold, conservative leader, and that's who Ted Cruz is. And that's really what America is so hungry for right now. So I, I totally agree. You know, Ted Cruz, uh, Alan Dershowitz here at Boston, at the uh, who's the dean of Harvard Law School, had Ted Cruz as a student. Ted Cruz graduated from Harvard Law School. And uh, Dershowitz, who, who's, a, who's liberal in, in most issues, not all, he said that uh, Ted was was his one of his most brilliant students he ever had. Even though he didn't agree with him, he he absolutely uh, admired his his ability and his grasp. And uh, you know he spoke he speaks very highly of him, even though he says he doesn't agree with his politics. So you know, to my way of thinking, that says a lot. It does say a lot. As a matter of fact, uh, Alan Dershowitz is is the uh, individual who will be providing an award to Senator Cruz on behalf of the Zionist Organization of America Sunday in New York City. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he understands who Ted Cruz is. And unfortunately, the media has done everything they can to destroy conservatives and, and people who are in favor of limited government. When there's a push yeah. for a liberal agenda, they don't support a Ted Cruz. But I think what Alan Dershowitz understands is that Ted Cruz is not an ordinary person who's just going to sit idly by and won't have the wherewithal and the underpinnings and the brilliance to pull us out of this. He is a problem solver. He has shown time and time again, taking his oral arguments to the Supreme Court and winning. He, his positions, National Right to Life rates him at 100%, Heritage Action, Competitive Enterprise, Numbers USA, Freedom Works, Americans for Prosperity, all understand that he gets it. And I think it's fabulous that Alan's giving him the award because it just shows all the more Ted's commitment to Israel, to standing up on our foreign policy and having people, I can tell you a funny story about three weeks ago, 
Ted was in the Atlanta airport, and a man ran up to him, are you Ted Cruz, are you Ted Cruz? And he said, yes, I am. He said, you know, I'm not with you philosophically, but if you run for president, I'm with you, because you're willing to stand up and make America better. That's what's happening in the you world. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, and also the uh, the fact that the, the whole liberal opposition to him has proven to be quite hollow, as we saw from this last election. Uh, you know, he... Uh, you know, th- their attacks did not work at all. So I think that he's, uh, you know, this is someone who is right there at the cusp at a time when with conservatives and with Republicans taking office by January, it, it, I suppose, if, you know, if, if the cards are played correctly, he really will be a contender. You know, it's funny. Someone did some research for me this uh, this past election, and they said, over 100 candidates ran across the country as a Ted Cruz candidate. You didn't hear anyone running as a Mitch McConnell or John Boehner Republican, did you? Yep. Just yeah, a thought. Exactly. And so if, if people no, at all levels of offices are running as a Ted Cruz candidate, that speaks volumes of who they are trying to portray themselves as. And I can tell you, I was at an event, a CNP event, the um, National Policy Group, that had Tim LaHaye attend, and Tim is a foremost evangelical leader, wrote the Left Behind series, and he went in not sure where he was at. Okay, we've got to take a brief break here. Maria Strollo is my guest. We'll be right back. Thank you. Are you tired of having more month left over at the end of the money? Then you might want to consider a home-based business. On average, a home business household earns nearly twice as much money and you don't have to fight traffic. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby with the three-step plan home business system. Building a home business could help you get out of debt, improve your lifestyle, why you might even be able to save some money for a change. For information, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. There are thousands of people all over the nation using the 3-Step Plan to make money from home. Some are working for just a few extra dollars each month so they don't have to worry about money all the time. Others are building huge businesses that earn thousands upon thousands of dollars and are getting their share of the American dream. To find out how you could make more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. That's 800-480-2102. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. We had been running up balances for quite some time, and it became a crisis. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752 to talk to a certified counselor. We called them, they contacted all of our creditors, they stopped the collections calls, they got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your bills, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We are now completely debt-free, and we will never be in the spot we were again thanks to trinity if your debt has you down call trinity at 1-800-793-8752 my name is john i'm vicky and i'm emma and And we're we're debt free -free for keeps keeps. that's 1-800-793-8752 
This report is brought to you by the National Mining Association. The U.S. should reduce its dependence on foreign minerals to create jobs and strengthen national security, according to a survey of more than 400 manufacturing executives. Ninety-five percent say they're concerned the U.S. takes too long to approve permits for new minerals mines. On average, it takes seven to ten years, nearly five times longer than countries with similarly strict environmental regulations. That lag puts the country's manufacturers in a vulnerable position. Harry Moser of the Reshoring Initiative. Minerals are vital to a broad range of products and technologies that make U.S. companies world leaders in innovation, propel our economy, and allow our industries to compete globally. Right now, we rely on foreign countries for more than half the minerals our manufacturers need. Strengthening the domestic mineral supply chain is a great way to support the reshoring trend. The survey shows that a stable domestic supply of the minerals and metals vital to a wide range of products is a top concern for U.S. manufacturers. For more information, visit mineralsmakelife.org. Every minute, a woman dies from heart disease, and heart disease kills more women in the U.S. than all cancers combined. New survey data shows that an alarming 45% of women don't know it's their number one killer, and few women can name a woman with heart disease. Barbara Streisand and Ronald O. Perlman have announced a new campaign to fight the lady killer, a campaign of the Women's Heart Alliance. Here's Dr. Holly Anderson, medical advisor to the Alliance. Lack of awareness, communication, and personalization of women's heart disease is a deadly combination. This campaign will encourage all women and those who love them to start talking and taking action against this killer. The Fight the Lady Killer campaign encourages women to talk to their health care providers and empower them with a single, meaningful action they can take. Hashtag Get Heart Checked. The Women's Heart Alliance has also teamed up with Academy and Grammy Award winner Jennifer Hudson for a powerful PSA to highlight the dangers of heart disease in women. For more information and to view the PSA, please visit fighttheladykiller.org. I'm Steve Anwart reporting. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, Maria Strollo. Zach is my guest, president and owner of the Strollo Group. We're talking about uh, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, for president. The election is only two years away, and already Ted Cruz is uh, being discussed as a candidate. Uh, Maria, what I want to ask you some of the sort of the nuts and bolts question about uh, with regard to politics. Uh, is Ted uh, touring the country? Is he developing the sort of uh, an organization that that can do this? After all, I think that he's still going to have, as in opposition, not just the Democrats, but also the uh, you know, the liberal bugwump type Republicans as well. So, uh, what's he doing in terms of uh, strategy on the ground, if anything? Well, it's funny you ask. During the election to regain control of the Senate through November fourth. Ted Cruz visited Iowa, New Hampshire more than any other potential candidate, and South Carolina as well. So I can tell you he's been very busy. Uh, D.C. may not listen, but Senator Ted Cruz does, and he has been all around America working on those Senate races to reclaim control of the Senate, and obviously quite victoriously. So the candidates he supported won. He was very instrumental in getting out front on issues, and people were calling and asking him to come to their areas. And he's very much a hardworking and, as you know, very brilliant and articulate, but his work ethic has made him so successful because he wants to be out there with the people. He's listening to Americans who 
struggled. They struggled to find work, struggled to pay bills, and he has his ear to the ground, and I think that's what helps fuel him to stand up to the folks in D.C. Andre? Well, I, I just one of the things that I, I also want to ask you about is Ted Cruz recently said that net neutrality is Obamacare for the Internet. Um, I don't know how much you know about net neutrality, um, uh, Maria, because I, I, I think a lot of people hear this word. We really don't know what it is. Uh, I know that a friend of mine who is a conservative and I think would definitely support Ted Cruz, though, even he's been saying, that, yeah, but isn't net neutrality good? Isn't that, doesn't that mean that everybody will get high-speed Internet? What is, what is the problem with net neutrality? What, is, what does that actually mean, and what is, what is Ted, Cruz, Ted Cruz's opposition to it? You know, what, what does that entail? I, I can tell you that from my perspective on net neutrality, letting government control the Internet is the worst thing that we could have happen. And I think that's what a lot of people are fearful, that just like your health care, all of a sudden government wants to control that. With Common Core, they want to control that. So our Internet has been kind of a free reign, uh, wild west of allowing people on the Internet. But it's been an American-led entity that, there is a push to, to move it to the United Nations. We already have issues with China and Russia on the Internet and what they're doing on the hacking side. So there's, there's a lot of concern with the changes that this administration is, is saying. And, you know, it's, there's competition now by government regulating and picking winners and losers like they did, for example, Solyndra. Our government can't be trusted with something like the Internet, and he stands firmly on on the free enterprise network, and that's that's what this is about. Is do we want more government control, including our internet? But what I guess I'm asking is, what specifically does net neutrality mean? I mean, what would what would the government be doing? Well, from my understanding, the government wants to hand over the reins internationally. That we would not even control the internet, which is a frightening proposition with what is happening around the world. And when you have the United Nations looking at at controlling it. You know, you, when you control the Internet, you're controlling news, you're controlling commerce. There's a lot that goes into the Internet and the infrastructure and backbone. I think that there's a lot of infighting over who has which pipe stream. Same with uh, on, on broadband and the uh, Federal Trade Commission, how they regulate the band. So I think that what Senator Cruz is saying, if we allow government to step in, and control how much can go through which pipe, and they get to make more decisions, that is problematic. And, you know, I I have not talked to him personally on the issue, but I can tell you if he is standing on the position of of protecting our Constitution and our rights and freedoms, there there are definitely pieces of whatever is being proposed. And the devil's always in the details, but clearly the government controlling the Internet is very problematic. The taxation of the Internet is very problematic. There's been a moratorium. In several states, they've been trying to do away with the nexus issue. And if you're if Amazon, if you're based in Georgia, you have to pay Georgia taxes and, and tax the folks in Georgia. That issue reared its head in the Georgia General Assembly two years ago and across the country, I believe, several governors at uh, NGA, the National Governors Association, they've been looking at this issue of revenue. <coughs> okay, we're going to take a brief break. We'll be right back.
dies from heart disease, and heart disease kills more women in the U.S. than all cancers combined. New survey data shows that an alarming 45% of women don't know it's their number one killer, and few women can name a woman with heart disease. Barbara Streisand and Ronald O. Perlman have announced a new campaign to fight the lady killer, a campaign of the Women's Heart Alliance. Here's Dr. Holly Anderson, medical advisor to the Alliance. Lack of awareness, communication, and personalization of women's heart disease is a deadly combination. This campaign will encourage all women and those who love them to start talking and taking action against this killer. The Fight the Lady Killer campaign encourages women to talk to their health care providers and empower them with a single, meaningful action they can take. Hashtag Get Heart Checked. The Women's Heart Alliance has also teamed up with Academy and Grammy Award winner Jennifer Hudson for a powerful PSA to highlight the dangers of heart disease in women. For more information and to view the PSA, please visit fighttheladykiller.org. I'm Steve Anwart reporting. Today in America, people wake up worrying about their job and paying their bills, and that stinks. People in third world countries wake up worrying if their children will have anything to eat, and that stinks even worse. There's a way to help solve both of those problems. Get on the Internet and go to usagoodness.com and find out how you can be a social entrepreneur. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, and for years I have been helping people work from home. With usagoodness.com, you can earn extra money working from home by helping to feed starving children in poverty-stricken areas. How great is that? The only tools you'll need are a telephone, Internet access, and a good work ethic. We'll teach you how to be a social entrepreneur and earn extra money while helping others. Go to usagoodness.com or call 800-301-6177. Okay. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and my guest is Maria Strollo-Zach. She's the president and owner of the, the Strollo Group. Uh, Maria, talk a bit, if you will, about your political action committee and, uh, and its work with uh, Senator Cruz. Absolutely. Uh, super PACs are designed to help elect certain folks as president, and I am proud to announce that last week we formalize the paperwork and send it to the Federal Elections Commission for the super PAC called Stand for Principle. And that's a name that uh, David Panton, Ted's best friend from college, selected because he believes that embodies the spirit of, of who Ted Cruz is. Super PACs stand alone and, and do not coordinate with political committees of the actual candidate, but we are capable of educating people across America who the candidate is and help them learn more about Senator Cruz. So we're really excited about the opportunity of, of telling folks who Ted is and, and reminding them that the mainstream media has an agenda and it's one that is not pro-America and it's very unfortunate. So we're very excited about his potential candidacy. Of course, it's a decision he and his wife Heidi and the kids will make and, uh, it's our hope that he will choose to be our next president. Hmm, very interesting, Andre. Well, I think it's a great. I think it's a great thing. It's the Stanford Principal Pack. What can people do if they want to donate money, for example, to the pack? Where can they go? Uh, actually, we are setting up the website Stanford Principal Pack. 
com, and we should have that up next week. And I'll give my address, email address, MariaZak, Z-A-C-K-1, at gmail.com, and they can send me an email, and I can give them information about the pack and, and how to, to donate. Very interesting. So we'll be, we'll be looking forward to that. You know, it, it's, uh, it's still uh, early in the season. The Republicans have not even been seated yet, and already um, we're seeing uh, – some real solid work being done on behalf of Senator Cruz. <clears throat> and Senator Cruz is getting out there. He's a very good public speaker. Um, he is getting out there, and he's making appearances. He really seems to aggravate the left, which is good, in my opinion, especially in this atmosphere. So um, I think you're really onto something there, Maria. Thank you. I, I believe we are. And uh, having met Senator Cruz a number of times, I can tell you I'm, I'm constantly impressed with his demeanor, his kindness. He's very compassionate about the plight of Americans and what we have endured under this president and the downfall of our country through this president's ridiculous public policy. And his foreign policy is basically non-existent. And so I think the refreshing side of having a candidate like Senator Cruz is that you, you know he's not going to back down. You know he's going to stand up for what's right and, and what America holds dearly as our, as our founding fathers laid out for us. And as as the campaign unfolds, it's going to be very interesting to see what the field looks like. But I can guarantee you there are people like James Carville, who is a brilliant mastermind on the left, who has said the person to watch and the person to fear the most is Ted Cruz because he is brilliant and he is fearless. And he said he is the one to watch and he is the most dynamic they've had in these 30 years as a candidate. So the other candidates, Clearly, um, some of them have some good points, but there's definitely differentiators. And I think before anyone selects their, their candidate for president, they need to make sure that they stand for principle and stand for our Constitution, that they won't abandon the party if they lose the primary, that they won't get indicted and embarrass the, comp embarrass the party, and that they're going to support the GOP nominee. And it really comes down to that and that, the, that they get behind someone who's really going to fight for our country because there's a lot of work we have to do to come back to being the superpower that we were and to protect our, our world. Well, you know, Ted Cruz is exactly as you say. I mean, he's stood very st uh, stalwartly and, and solidly for his principles, and I think that that was seen as a liability before by, by many, but now in this atmosphere... It looks like a, an absolute positive. All right, we'll be right back. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Moore Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Moore Speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the, the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear <coughs> Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on-demand page at deborahray.us.
Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. People are more likely to get a pay cut than a cost of living raise. But I have good news for you. You can build your own golden parachute. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, and I think you'll find that the three-step plan home business system is a great solution to money worries. With a three-step plan home business, you can add to your income in your spare time. Many build their businesses into a full-time income that earns more than a regular job. That's a pretty good financial backup plan, don't you think? After all these years of hearing about us, you know that we have helped a lot of people earn extra money we could help you too. The three-step plan home business system is better than a parachute because we'll never leave you out there hanging. We'll train you and show you how to use the telephone and email to make money from home. Don't just worry about money. Do something about it. To find out how you could start making more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and uh, we are back here. Maria Strollo, Zach is my guest, president and owner of the Strollo Group. We're talking about Ted Cruz, candidate for president of the United States. Uh, Maria, Ted is going to be uh, seated in the new Congress in January, and uh, at that time he is going to have an opportunity to continue a track record of public policies that uh, that will uh, – be a part of his uh, his momentum, I hope. Um, what can he or what do you think he might do with regard to the president's uh, executive order yesterday uh, giving uh, legal status to 5 million illegal aliens? Senator Cruz obviously has stood strongly on controlling the border and the laws that we already have in place have not been enforced. And Senator Cruz understands that and is very frustrated with this president acting like emperor and king or communist dictator in this case and saying he has the control to do this. Senator Cruz will not sit idly by. His plans to go forward are based on the fact that he he represents the people along the border in Texas who actually have copies of the Koran found in their yard. It is shocking to me that the president's speaker came out today saying, oh, there's no proof of ISIS coming into our country and there's no proof of any problems. We have Mexican drug cartels kidnapping Americans in America today because of the failure of this president to protect the border. 
Senator Cruz has stood idly by and stood willingly to stand up, not idly by, to to say, let's yep. build that fence. Let's build up the troops to protect that border. And I think that you will see the Republicans will be relentless on this. They have to be. And going into the presidential election, I'm sure a lot more people will be a lot more boisterous about it. And, and my hope is, you know, it doesn't fall on deaf ears, but there are a lot of Democrats who will be up for reelection that are going to have a lot of answering to when when it comes time. And, and I'd hate to be Mary Landrell right now in a Senate race run for her life in Louisiana because it is shameful how the Democratic Party has not abided by the laws we have on the Okay, we'll be right back. Thank you. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law, this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much, uh, Maria Strollo. Zach is my guest, president and owner of the Strollo Group. Andre Traverse is here. Maria, you know, these are, are great and glorious times uh, for conservatives. I think that our victory this past uh, midterm was uh, much more profound and much deeper than anyone is willing to let on, certainly, in the liberal press who's basically trying to ignore this and I think to their detriment. Um, and it's also a cultural shift, I believe. Uh, whether or not and how the uh, Obama, uh, you know, the the, uh, the executive order shakes out, that remains to be seen. But uh, he really seems to be flailing along and just trying to to try to do whatever he can, whatever damage he can do before the uh, Republican Republicans are seated. Uh, I just uh, I'm still a little nervous that... Uh, that there might be overreach, there might be overconfidence. Um, I think it would be a mistake to fall into a trap and try to impeach Obama. Uh, you know, that backfired with the impeachment of Clinton. I think it would be a mistake to try to shut down the government. Uh, that also backfired. Um, and, uh, in fact, Ted Cruz was all over that one, and I think that was a mistake. But if they can stay the course and continue to take somewhat of a Fabian approach, or a counter-Fabian approach, by gradually but inexorably taking things apart, like Obamacare and, and other of these programs, and moving the country carefully in the right direction, then I think we'll build a steam, we'll build a, a groundswell that will further advance uh, conservatism in two years. What do you think? 
Chuck, I think you're absolutely right that uh, there is a grant groundswell, and I think the press has to ignore it because they want it to go away and, and certainly do not uh, want us to gain strength as, as people who love this country and, and want our country back. We want to get rid of the frivolous spending. And I think to your point about the government shutdown, to say it didn't work and that there was a backlash or repercussion, we took over the Senate. So I'm I'm not sure that uh, the shutdown was necessarily a bad thing. I think the liberal media would want us to think it was, oh, those bad Republicans. But when you stand up and you right. say it is shameful, shameful what this president has done and his Democratic leadership of making sure Americans can't put food on their table. The stimulus package alone, even more stated that the GDP would be $2 trillion larger. That's $15,000 more income per family if the stimulus didn't go awry like it did. And so that's $1,500 less that they would have had. That It's astonishing to me. It makes me apoplectic that this president and these Democrats continue to take money and if someone stands up and say, our budget is atrocious, we're paying for studies for how fast ketchup pours and things like that over the years. It is astonishing that no American would run their own family budget like we allow our government to run our budget. So that's number one. Number two, to your point about the impeachment, uh, I think there are a lot of people nervous about it. And certainly I haven't heard of anybody stating that they wanted to do that uh, outright, but you may have some people call for that because it is illegal and this is a lawless president. So there, there's a concern. And when you have issues that that really get to the nerves of the people, that's why you're seeing this backlash. And I, I truly believe you're accurate about this midterm cultural shift. Hope and change is not what the American people defined as what this president defines. Diminishing our government, our, our government's role in the international world is not what Americans wanted to see. They want to see a safe America. They want to see us booming. They want to see us energy independent. There are things that can help bring the economy along and that cultural shift of putting more money in your pocket, giving your, your spouse the job that they want. That is what Americans care about. And, and I think D.C. not listening is a huge mistake. And Senator Cruz is willing to stand up. He didn't cause the government shutdown, but he sure stood up about our frivolous spending. And, and I think that's something very much to applaud. Right, absolutely. And he certainly knows his, he has his hands all over that issue. And, uh, that yeah, we, are, we did have a change. We just had a major change in this election, and it has filled us with hope. It's filled us with hope that we are moving in the real progressive direction, which is toward freedom. So uh, anyway, I'd like to thank you very much uh, for joining me today, Maria. Um, Andre, thanks for joining me as well. Maria, where can people find out more about you? At mariazack one at gmail.com, and we will be putting up the standforprincipal.com website shortly. And Chuck, thank you so much for all you do, and Andre as well, for what you do to, to make this country better. We, we applaud you. Thank you, Maria. Well, thank you, and we applaud you, and let's stay in touch. Thanks so Absolutely. much, and uh, my pleasure. We'll be back after these messages.
While Bill Clinton, George Bush, and Barack Obama have been in Washington trying to legislate an economy, I've been all over America working to improve the economy one family at a time with the three-step plan home business system. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. Thousands of enterprising Americans have changed their own financial futures by starting a business from their kitchen table. Most began part-time using their personal computers, telephones, and a belief in the American dream to carve out a stable business in a stormy business climate. They are housewives, truck drivers, downsized executives, health professionals, and even a lawyer or two. You could earn extra money or even replace your job. Technology advances have made this simpler and more efficient. So don't wait another 10 years. Check out the three-step plan. Go to 3stepusa.com. That's 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much, and uh, I want to thank my guests this afternoon. Also, uh, interesting article at the uh, the Jewish Daily Forward. Alan Dershowitz talks Hamas, Terror, and Abraham. I recommend it highly. The uh, Dershowitz lays out the uh, the case that the Palestinian Authority and Ham- and Abbas is all over this uh, murder at the synagogue and uh, and incitement. And I would argue, uh, based on my guest yesterday, that being David Rubin, former mayor of Shiloh, that the Israelis have a long case, a long proven documented record of um, proof that the, the Palestinian Authority has been behind terror assaults in Israel since it's been created 20 years ago. Uh, Alan Dershowitz says that they, they need to be held account he doesn't say exactly how that should happen or what degree it should happen. Uh, David Rubin and I agree, uh, say that uh, the Palestinian Authority should be held to account by that it should be destroyed, that the Israelis need to go into Ramallah and totally flatten and destroy what's called the Makata, the, uh, the government of the Palestinian Authority. They need to arrest Abbas. Or, or tell or give him the option of exile, uh, in the same way that the Egyptians recently arrested Mohammed Morsi, the head of the Muslim Brotherhood, and replaced him with a, a military government. Uh, they need to abolish this terrorist rogue organization. They are funding terrorists across Israel. They are assaulting Israeli Jews and non-Jews alike. Uh, any nations, any sane sovereign nation world would never put up with it. And um, Israel's reluctant to do it. They should do it. They must do it if they expect there to be a future for the state of Israel. This is a, a dagger at the very heart of, of Israel. It's a, it's a poison that is festering inside the very center of the country, the ancient regions of Judea and Samaria, which is the heartland and the biblical land of Israel. Uh, Israel must abolish this regime, and they must do it now. It must be completely and totally crushed. Anyway, I shall return, God willing, Monday at the usual time, 10 a.m., here at the USA Network. Have a good day, everybody. Dies from heart disease, and heart disease kills more women in the U.S. than all cancers combined. 
New survey data shows that an alarming 45% of women don't know it's their number one killer, and few women can name a woman with heart disease. Barbara Streisand and Ronald O. Perlman have announced a new campaign to fight the lady killer, a campaign of the Women's Heart Alliance. Here's Dr. Holly Anderson, medical advisor to the Alliance. Lack of awareness, communication, and personalization of women's heart disease is a deadly combination. This campaign will encourage all women and those who love them to start talking and taking action against this killer. The Fight the Lady Killer campaign encourages women to talk to their health care providers and empower them with a single meaningful action they can take. Hashtag get heart checked. The Women's Heart Alliance has also teamed up with Academy and Grammy Award winner Jennifer Hudson for a powerful PSA to highlight the dangers of heart disease in women. For more information and to view the PSA, please visit fighttheladykiller.org. I'm Steve Anwart reporting.